the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's something each and every one of us have experienced on several occasions and will continue to experience throughout our life. Fear. So what is the answer to fear, and how can we overcome it? We have some answers for you out of God's Word, next on Times of Refreshing. How do you overcome fear? Well, there are several ideas that are out there, but you know, there are some great truths that are not just ideas, but proclaimed facts given to us by our own Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And they're found here in Matthew chapter 10, verses 27 through 33. Won't you join us there as we take a look at what it means to fear not and live in boldness before Christ. This is Times of Refreshing from the Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Join us for today's broadcast and be encouraged. Here's Pastor Napoleon now with today's message. It is the fear of man that we have to be constantly aware of and that we're mindful of as we're in the world, but we are not of the world. The culture is shifting. And... There's a lack of desire to hear what the Scripture calls sound doctrine. People do not mind hearing about something good. And we talked about this last week, something that tickles their ears, something that is fancy, something that is going to, you know, stimulate them and what they feel is in a positive matter. Be positive, brother. Be positive. But sound doctrine, we have to understand that sound doctrine, sound means whole. It's what brings healing into our lives. And oftentimes when God communicates with us through his word, um, sometimes he will break us down to build us up. And we have to be willing to receive those messages also. All of the word of God is good. Amen. And uh, we have to make sure that we're we're countercultural when it comes to this particular area of our lives. That God, I just want the truth of your word. Whether it makes me feel good or not is not the issue. What I'm looking for is the truth to hit my soul. Because once I know the truth, that's when I become free. And sometimes the truth hurts. But God, I want this. And But from a cultural standpoint, you see this. You see uh, uh, teachers being raised up. You see people being raised up. Uh, Motivational speakers being raised up. People are looking for answers to life's issues. But what's happening now, people's ears are becoming more and more resistant to anything that challenges their flesh or challenges self. And the gospel, when Jesus came on the scene, he came immediately sharing that if we're going to follow him, We've got to deny ourselves, take up our crosses, and follow him. 
And so that means that there's an element, an aspect of death to self that we all have to embrace or less our message just becomes humanistic in nature. And it's just man-centered. Everything is about Jesus. Amen. In him, we live and we move and we have our being. And we must never forget that ultimately God's desire is for us to be transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ from glory to glory. And so there's a giving up or a dying, if you will, that we may gain in him. And we want to receive this and thank him for this and realize that the culture is saying no, but there's a people that are saying yes. Just give me the truth, Lord. Whatever the truth is, I want the truth in my life. And when people are faced with the realities of their sin, sometimes they have a hard time. And all of us, we have to learn to become pliable in in God and realize that, yes, we are not perfect. And God knows that there's sin issues that all of us have to deal with and fight. And there's temptations and there's things that go on. But aren't you grateful for God's mercy? Amen. And the fact that God forgives. And but he even teaches us how to obtain forgiveness and how to walk in forgiveness and how to walk in in his cleansing power in our lives. All this is biblical. And so we must never resist the messages that sometimes are hard to swallow. Sometimes they are hard to swallow for all of us, including myself. But God, it's all good. Look at your neighbor and tell him it's all good. It's all good. Matthew chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus begins to address this. He says in verse 27, he says, whatever I tell you in the dark, he says, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, he says, preach on the housetops. And so he's saying the message that I give you, he said, I want you to speak openly about it. He said, I want it to be communicated. Look what he says. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the, on the housetops. He's saying, let there be no limitations to what I'm saying to you to communicate to a dying world. Don't be hindered by the fear of man. He said, what I'm telling you, I want you to get on the rooftop and say it. And what he's saying is, and, and, and this is the thing I wrote down, he's basically saying, be free. I'm saying that to all of us here. Be free. Share your faith. Talk about Jesus. What he tells you in your ear, communicate it to people. Whether it is the, 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 the chief person on your job, or whether it is the, 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 the person that is being paid the least on your job. Be free to share what Jesus is saying to you. Take off the limitations concerning God's message to a dying world. Don't be limited. Don't be afraid. And this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He's saying, fear not. He's saying, when I'm telling you, tell people. Understand that he's dealing with the people that had to deal with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and Pontius Pilate and the the Roman Empire and people that were very, very powerful that were opposed to his message. But Jesus stands up and he's saying, what I'm telling you to say, you need to tell them. 
Right now, one of the things the devil wants the church to do more than anything else, two things. Number one is be quiet. Number two is water down the message. If we are just quiet about Jesus or we water down his message, the devil was one. So what Jesus is saying to us is that we need to be free to talk. I command you to be free today as your pastor. Be free. Tell people about Jesus. Don't be obnoxious. And we know that he that wins souls is wise. But understand that wherever you are, the kingdom of God is coming with you. And it's our job to be open to share our faith in the midst of whatever climate, culture, whatever is going on. Because there are a lot of people do not want to hear the message. But there are some that do. And you could be the very voice that helps to change somebody's life. And to shift their life that they may know Jesus. He says in verse 28, he says, And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body, he says, in hell. And so I just wrote down here, we have to start to reprioritize who God really is and his ultimate authority in our life. The more and more that we develop the fear of the Lord, the more we'll be freed from the fear of man. And this is ultimately what he's saying. Don't, don't fear the person who can kill the body, but then that's it. He says, fear the person who has the power. He I have the power to not only kill the body, but to put a person in hell. That's the person that we should ultimately be fearing. And we're seeing a lot of fear mongering all over the television now. We even have people that are called terrorists. You say something about Jesus, I'm going to fire you. All this is going on, but saints, we have to get in our mind that ultimately God is the authority. And he has the last say-so. And if he's telling me to talk about Jesus, if he's telling me that we're gonna, well, I'm going to talk about Jesus in my home, then I'm going to talk about Jesus in my home with my family members. That what I hear, I'm going to communicate because he ultimately is the one that I'm going to have to stand before on that day. But many people are gripped with a spirit of fear. It's hard for them to share their faith. And we're going to pray about this today. It's hard for them to to open up and be open about their Christianity. It's a shame when people have been on their their jobs or in their families or, or, you know, people on their deathbed. Well, you know, I did accept Jesus in my life. But you didn't tell anybody for 50 years. It's a shame, and we're going to see this here. But what we want to do as a congregation is we want to continue. And we have some great, we have, we're doing some great things. But the bottom line is, there's another level of just freedom that God wants to give all of us, including myself, as he puts us in position to have impact for his name. And this is why he says in verse 28, and do not fear those who kill the body. But cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Look at verse 29. 29 to 31. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground and apart from your father's will. But the very hairs on your head 
are all numbered. Powerful. Do not fear, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. I just wrote down, know your value. Know your value, saints. Know your valuable. It doesn't mean that you won't have hardships. It doesn't mean you won't have tough moments. It doesn't mean that you won't have trials or you won't have persecution or you won't experience things that are sometimes hard to deal with and bear. But we can take great comfort in the fact that if God knows the number and has numbered the hairs on my head, that means the ones that are still there and the ones that are gone. He knew when 10 died. Then this same God, if he takes care of a sparrow, is the same God that will take care of me. If I'm willing to remain firm in my conviction in regards to my relationship with him, wherever he has me at. He's saying, if if you'll be, and you're going to see this in the end here, if you'll be faithful to me, I'm going to be faithful to you. But we've got to know our value. Sometimes we we give our employers too much credit instead of realizing that it was the great employer who spoke and whispered in the ear of your employer and gave you the position where you're at, and it's him that's keeping you. Can I have an amen? It doesn't mean that we disrespect our employer, but we just understand that ultimately it was God who opened the door that no man can shut. Can I have an amen? And so for all of us, we have to prioritize God and make sure that we know our value, that God, you care about me. In the midst of me going through tough times, you care about me. You got me. You're with me. The Holy Spirit is in me. God, you're going to walk with me. And I just want to continue to be faithful to open up and share my faith and to share with people who you are that they might experience the great salvation that I've experienced. He says this in verses 33, 32 and 33. So we know our value. And then he says in verses 32 and 33, he says, Therefore, whoever confesses me before him, before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Now, this is heavy, saints. And I just wrote down here, we must know the ultimate consequence for our denial. We must know it. That ultimately, Jesus is going to bear witness of us as we bear witness of him. And this is, in essence, what he's saying. If you talk about me, I'm going to talk about you. If you brag about me, I'm going to brag about you. If you lift me up, I'm going to lift you up. If you, if you acknowledge me and give me glory, I'm going I'm to I'm share my glory. I'm going to cause you to enter into my glories. You tell your mama about me, I'm going to tell my daddy about you. You tell your cousin about me, I'm going to tell my father about you. You tell your coworker about me, I'm going to tell my father about you. And ultimately, sometimes we don't realize that at the end of it all, that's what's going to matter. What's going to matter is what he's testifying concerning our lives. 
Not how we made a person feel or how, you know, a person felt a certain way or if a person agrees with us or, or the person was happy with our message or our preaching. What ultimately is going to matter is that Jesus is going to say, Father, I know him and him right there. He testified with me, uh, for me and of me in the midst of all kinds of persecution, of hatred, of haters, of deniers. He stood firm. Can I have an amen and continue to glorify me in the midst of it all? He's let him, come on, get him on in here. But people don't realize this in life. That there is a struggle. And there's going to be a moment when our fears can stop us. But we have to know, saints, we have to know the ultimate consequence for that. And that is that if we deny him, he will deny us. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. I want Jesus to testify about us. Amen. I want him to say great things about who we are and how we represented him in the earth and how we were willing to share our faith in the midst of whatever circumstances came our way and before whoever we encountered. We did not let the fear of man get the best of us. Amen? Now, what I want to do here is I want to show us a picture of this. It's a lot of scripture, but it is a powerful picture of, of our our proper response to conflict, to persecution, to sometimes dealing with circumstances that are tough where we have to make a stand for Jesus and not budge. I want to show a picture of this. Acts chapter 4. Let's look at Acts chapter 4, and we're going to read down starting at verse 1, and we're going to just let the Word of God work. Amen? Let's take a look at this. Let's let this picture speak. Peter and John have just been arrested for healing by the grace of God, a lame man at the temple gate, the gate called beautiful. And it says here in verse one of Acts chapter four. Now, as they spoke to the people, the priest, the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. Well, they're getting ready to get arrested. He says, And the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. It says here, and I want to read this again in verse 2. Verse 1, now as they spoke to the people, the priest, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. They preached in Jesus the resurrection of the dead, and as they're doing this, minding their own business, priests, the Sadducees, the captain of the temple, they come upon them. There's adversity that has come upon them. As a result of them sharing the gospel, talking about the resurrection, talking about the goodness of the Lord. This was a part of what was going on in their time. And I'm just telling everyone here, the world is becoming more and more hostile to sound doctrine. 
to the teaching and the preaching. The world is becoming, I don't want to hear that. And we talked about this last week. And they came upon them. They arrested him. 5,000 people heard the message. Look at verse 5. And it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders and scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, now watch the saints, by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and the elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Can I have an amen? This is the response. This is a powerful response. Now picture this, saints. These individuals are, are, are being locked up. They're being chained. They're chained because they're willing to share openly and communicate the heart of God to people. These individuals were opposed to the message. But yet and still, when they had the opportunity to go into self-preservation mode, they refused to go into self-preservation mode. They remained in identification mode. I mean, I'm identified with Christ, not only in his blessings, but also in his sufferings. And if me being in this situation, I have to share, they were willing to share. The question is, would we share? Would we let people know that there is no other name given among men under heaven by which men must be saved? When the world is preaching that there's all kinds of ways to God. When the world is saying that, you know, you, you, can, you can live any kind of way and it's okay and Jesus will cover it and it's fine and, and don't worry about it. And Jesus is saying, and, and I love Peter, they're just saying, no, there's, there's one way. There's one door. There's one gate. There's one sacrifice. There's one high priest. There's one mediator between God and man, and that is the man, Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? amen. And, and it has to be communicated. But we have spiritists. We have all kinds of false doctrine, false teaching. And I'm not saying that we should be disrespectful towards those people. We should dwell, dwell with people with understanding and love. But at the same time, we must never modify the message to make it more pliable and palatable for people to receive and just come attend our churches. We have to stick to the message. Amen. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell him, stick to the message. 
Now tell somebody on the other side, stick to the message. Apostle Peter, he says, being filled with the Spirit of God, he says, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name, no other authority, no other power, no other strength under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. It's the only name. It is the name above every name. Our God, our Father, has highly exalted Jesus and have given him the name that is above every name. That at the, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory. Can I have an amen in here today? We talk about this stuff and we get a little fidgety and spooky and, well, what about all these people that know, don't know God? I don't know. Just keep telling them about Jesus. Tell them. It's our job to tell them. It's our job to be open. It's our job to get on the rooftop and share what Jesus has whispered in our ears. Well, thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. This program is the production of The Well Christian Community. And we pray today's broadcast has blessed you and has encouraged you in Christ. If it has, would you take a moment and let us know? There are several ways that you can contact us. First, by mail. The Well Christian Community. Address your envelope to 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also stop by our website, learn more about us, and drop us an email, thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. And then, of course, by phone, 925-292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. As you visit our website, don't forget to look for the link to our Facebook page. And if you're on Facebook, simply search The Well Christian Community. You can even follow Pastor Napoleon on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman, all one word. Until next time, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may he bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Mm -hmm.